Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to The Collective. It's an early morning edition. Uh, I kind of feel like we should be doing like, you know, early morning breakfast television where we both just sit here with the cups of coffee and be like, oh, good morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, the worst part is that I don't have a coffee on me right now. I haven't gone out to, uh, into downtown Spokane to get one. Well, how right. was the trip? How was the trip? Because you just drove down there, right? Yeah, we did. We drove down, uh, yeah, uh, I guess, around five o'clock yesterday-ish. And um, yeah. Staying at a nice hotel. I mean, I've got the Africa theme in the background. I know I like you've it. seen that. Oh, yeah. A little bit of zebra action. Getting that zebra. I think they're pronounced <laughs> zebra. but uh, <laughs> Are they pronounced zebra? I think oh, they're actually not pronounced right. zebra. <laughs> Z- it's been <laughs> zebra all my life. Well, if you think about it in terms of the actual English language, there is no... Uh, the, oh, the you mean the English language that I learned how to pronounce uh, zebra? When I was born yeah. in England, that one? Yes, exactly, that one. Oh, okay. One. Oh, the English there, language, there, yeah. There's no way for that E to be a, uh, a long E. Because there's You're no right. vowel next to it or beyond it. Anyway, I'm all into I this agree. grammatical thing because my kids are into it and our kids are doing it at school, so it's hard to... Uh... <laughs> hey, hey Tim, what's Oops. up? What's, what's going up, on? Morning. How are you? Good, buddy. Yeah. Nice. Everybody's got the... Do you got the coffee with you right now, or is it just me? Oh, you guys suck. I haven't been out of the hotel yet to get my coffee. Where the hell are you, Africa? Oh, uh, yeah, I know, right? With the zebra. I've just been told it's pronounced zebra. Yeah, the Americans are right out of her. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, yeah. Um, uh, well, how's my sound level? Sounds good. That's good. Yeah. Okay. I'm in downtown uh, Spokane with Doreen. We're going to... After I'm finished this, heading off to a freaking RV convention to maybe take a look at Class B campers or some such thing like that, you know? Nice. Uh, is there no home show coming to Vancouver? Uh, I don't know if there is or not. This this is the biggest one in the Northwest uh, Pacific. Um, so kind of expecting quite a lot of th- tires to kick. But um, we'll see if there's anything of interest. I mean, it's... It's no small undertaking, uh, as we all know. These things are not free. No, they are not. I've seen no. some pretty nice ones, though. They're like... Uh, oh, you know, yeah, buddy. If these, I saw, actually, I was looking at uh, when I was first getting into... Uh, when I was looking at starting my own ranch was... I was like, oh, well, I'm going to need like a trailer for horses and stuff. And man, some of those things are slick. They have room for yeah, buddy. six horses in the back plus an entire yeah. house up front. It is oh yeah, crazy, crazy. Yeah, I've got a it's friend just... who's into it, and uh, you know she sleeps in hers and etc. So yeah, the secondary houses. But again, I bet I bet they aren't free either. No, those were like no. If I recall correctly, upwards of six figures, like 170, right. 180, 200 grand, something like that. It was so. What are you aiming your for? Standard? A a van van style or a trailer style? So that's the problem. So um, we don't want a trailer because that's not really kind of our lifestyle, I, I think. And so we are looking at something like a Class B uh, motorhome or a camper van, more correctly, mm-hmm. like on the uh, on a Ford Transit platform or a a, a Sprinter Mercedes Benz Sprinter platform. Mm-hmm. And I'd like something obviously that's four season, uh, be able to take it down dirt roads. It doesn't have to be like uh, rock scrambling like uh, your Jeep, pal, but uh, it needs to have some off-road uh, capability so it can get to trailheads. And, um, and I want it to, this is, this is my biggest concern. I want it to have a very large power bank. So, you know, mm-hmm. 300, uh, maybe 12,000 watt hours or, or 300 amp hours or whatever, just something with a big bank, a big lithium bank so that I can boondock for two, three, four, five days. And well, that's, um, I mean, it's something you could rig up right as well on top. It of is for sure. But for sure. The, um, the Mercedes looks really nice um, and they look big, but I know a couple of people who have them. They're not that happy with them. And, I'm not, uh, I'm not leaning that way. You're right. The Mercedes Benz has problems. The uh, Tyler from the drop zone, the Olympic gold medalist, he uh, he has one and he he's not happy with it. 
Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've already considered that. I'm glad you raised it uh, because if I hadn't have been doing my homework, this would have been new news to me. But, you know, the, the Mercedes Benz has a couple of different issues other than, you know, it's recalls and it's issues, et cetera. It's their dealership um, issues. The, there's far fewer Mercedes Benz bays that you can pull into to get yeah. a fit than there is Ford uh, bays to pull into. So I'm kind of leaning more towards the Ford Transit platform myself, just so that it's fixable. Yeah. Logistics is the big one that you want to go with. Logistics for sure. The but, uh, And then the Transit also, I don't know if, um, I mean, every vehicle has its issues. Um, however, in the Alberta sheriffs, they converted, they went from their right, uh, big Ford Econolines to move prisoners in. And mm -hmm. then they went to the Ford Transit. And the reason why is because if you had issues in the van, um, the van was down, like the, the cage is down if there's an oh, issue yeah. with the cage or whatever. So they went with the transits because they had these cages that just fit inside the transit. And if you had the problem with the transit, the cage could, the entire cage would come out and you could move it into another B. Oh, cool. And they were having trouble with the transits in the winter. So I think they went away with it and now they're moving them, uh, especially the rural areas, they're moving them in suburbans now. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. It's funny because Listen, these things, these things are not cheap, man. Like you oh, say, man, they're like what, 120 grand. Oh no. Oh no. More? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like to get a, a class B that is, um, that is even not even what I want. But it's kind of like three quarters of the way towards what I want. You're looking at 200k. Mm. Now, if you considered uh, not cheap, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, if, but have you looked considered going used? Yeah, we have. But <laughs> here's here's the other thing. Like these things are so so much in demand right now. Like, of course, on the Mercedes Benz Sprinter platform, um, Amazon just basically pillaged everything. So, like the dealers who are building these things out they're they've got nothing in the pipeline mm. so there's there's lead times or build times of upwards of 18 months and the the resale market in fact i was just mm. talking to my doctor yesterday in Roslyn. she had a uh, sprinter uh on their on the mercedes-benz platform so she had one for a little while found out that she wasn't using it as much as she liked so she sold it onto the resale market for what she bought yeah so so i mean it's it's wild out there right now and honestly i don't think we'll end up getting one just because they're so expensive but if we do it'll be like no it won't be just because oh we're bored this weekend uh it's we've put a lot of thought into it over many years and uh we're still putting a lot of thought into it even this morning and when we're there we'll put a lot of thought into it and we might walk away just because it's, we don't need it, mm. and we don't desperately want it. It's, but it's a consideration. Good. It's a consideration. Yeah. But it's good uh, to do the recce and see oh, what yeah. is there and what you yeah. can work with, right? And what's what's out there. And I'm That's sure right. being in Spokane, uh, you're going to have uh, a ton of Canadian uh, dealers down there as well. Well, that's interesting that you should raise that because uh, it was only just a few days ago that I took a list of the uh, non-prohibited vehicles that can be imported into Canada in the recreation motorhome uh, sector. And it's a more select uh, list than you might imagine. So it's not like you can come down is. to the U.S., take a look at whatever and think, oh, I'll take that and just drive it across the border. It ain't like that anymore. So now there is one exclusion to that. If the vehicle is 15 years or older, mm -hmm. then there's no uh, blacklist on what can be brought across. But the list ain't huge. So, hmm. yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's the same with, um, you know, these big camping grounds in the States where you can go down and, uh, you know, for the winter and do six months. The... Um, the minimum is it has to be under 10 years old in order to take it to one of those RV places. Ah, uh, right. Six months. So you can't, right. you know, go buy a $2,000 trailer and go, Hey, I'm going to go spend 600 bucks oh, a month yeah. in, the, in Arizona. Oh uh, yeah. It has, has to be at least 10 years. Down at Wally world. Yeah. Um, you know, the, uh, the 
the interesting part is I want to stay away from those places because the burn rate on those is you're like 32, 35 USD per average per night down there. And I'd rather keep that in my pocket and just uh, camp on, uh, on, on public land or whatever out in the mountains and boondock for three, four, five days. If I got to go into town to get more whatever then I'll, I'll choose where I'm going to spend my money. You know Isn't that I mean? the whole point? Like when you're talking RV camping, it always blew my mind that someone would buy an, an RV or a trailer or, or whatever, drive it to another location, park it like a house for right. months at a time. Right. Just like it, that's not the point I, in my mind. It, it's that's it's not the point, point to me, like, I, but I that's, an, that's an important conversation because it's a point to a lot of people. There's yep. a lot of people who like that, and and I have friends who do it, and it makes no sense to me mm, to do that. Yeah, but it makes sense to a lot of people. So, you know, that's that's the great part about the RV market is there are a lot of solutions out there. Yeah. So I if you also go ahead, so Tim. If you also go and uh, buy your own rig, you can camp for free at drop zones. Oh, dude, listen. I ain't here just out of uh, coincidence. I'm here with purpose. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. Uh, Winter Storm just said it's the same, same, same reason people travel to another country and then they eat at McDonald's. It's madness. <laughs> Actually, it's that's madness. funny. That's funny. Uh, we did that. I was in Af or um, on leave from Afghanistan. We're in Thailand and we're at five star. Food's amazing everywhere you go, but we're out there. It's like you know what? Let's let's do the McDonald's here just for a joke. And you know the the big Ronald McDonald's there, they know fast food. They they pumped it out in less than a minute. Here in North America, you you know, I don't eat that crap anymore. But here in America, it, it, you know, twelve minutes later, mm. I don't even know. I haven't I haven't been in one in over twenty years. I, right. I just don't know. I think it's been a couple of days for me, so <laughs> it's not very good on my part. Why why go? Why do you go? Convenience. You loser. Yep. Straight yep. up loser. Yep. You I'm talking dude, about dude. That is the no. worst. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, it's horrible. It is. It is. And I feel bad every time. I've I I've it. literally had live chats about this. <laughs> how how on earth anyone can run such a poorly led life that they kind of get they walk down the sidewalk for however long and then they stop and realize, yeah. oh, I'm hungry now. I must eat. They start turning to 360 and whatever they see first, a McDonald's, they walk in and eat thoughtlessly. And I said, it's a loser mentality. It's a, tell me yeah. I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. It's a lot of I it, know I'm not wrong. The, the, a lot of it is, uh, is for the kids actually, because it ain't. I like no. I don't, oh, yeah. No, it I'm ain't like, for the kids. I'm not saying, I'm not excuses don't produce all results. The time. <laughs> it's that is that's a double loser mentality in my books. It's for it's, the yeah. kids. You know what I taught my kids to say when they were about? Well, we were in Texas, so they were. This would have been. Ah, they would have been four or five years oldish. Anytime they saw a McDonald's, as we were driving down the highway in Texas, they point at the McDonald's sign and say, "Hey, Dad, look." There's the evil clown that kills kids. That's what I taught him to say. That's awesome. We still laugh about that. That's amazing. That is amazing. Dude, it, it ain't is, a lie. It's it's not. It's I, uh, I, go ahead, Tim. I trained my <laughs> you know, UNICEF. The kids in Halloween would come around with UNICEF begging for mm -hmm. dollars. Mm -hmm. I, I trained mine to say, hey, look, dad, the commies are coming. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh man yeah I, all right uh, so what what yeah, were, the we did have here. a topic right we did okay so. all right freaking mcdonald's i can't I know. believe it i'm i'm still learning i'm developing i'm growing <laughs> what can i say you got nowhere to go but up my... that's right exactly I'm dude at it's a steep anyway. climb from we that got, garbage dump we gotta wait well you know what the best thing is is that no matter what i eat other than that basically it's better for me so i'm doing all right I do, listen, I do remember what the live chat was. It was about, I was with my partner. We're in the hide and we were freaking starving, man. Mm -hmm. And we needed food bad. It was uh, about zero, 0300 hours. He was on MBGs. I was not. I had to scurry across uh, through the dark. And 
because we had eyes on something. There was a, a, a McDonald's right next to it. And so in the stealth of the night, I, I hustled across in the pitch black, jumped into the dumpster behind McDonald's in, in the freaking bacon heat mm-hmm. of summer. So I'd had eyes on this all day long, dump, jump into it at night, can't see what's in there because it's pitch freaking black in there. And I'm trying to be super stealth quiet. Mm-hmm. I stealthily grab whatever I can. John Wick slide out, skulk across back into our OP. And now I'm into the prone behind the uh, tools. And, and he says, what do you got? And I got two filet of fish. Oh, now, can you imagine how bad those filet of fish were oh. out of the dumpster all day long? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's the last time I had McDonald's, I think. Okay, well, that's uh, that, that's a horror <laughs> story. It. Yeah, that's a horror story that I, I don't want to um, <laughs> get into. But here's the the topic. This is what we let's get into the topic right here. This is what I picked: finding peace. And the reason I picked this is because we have three retired members here who have all uh, we've been through the ringer. We've dealt with some issues, and uh, I think we've we've come to a place where we can appreciate the peace that we have. So I wanted to talk about how we found it, what it is we did to hmm, how, like basically what the search was like. So I want to start with Tim today. Oh God. And I want you to nice. Give me a little, you know, how, how did you find peace after all the stuff that, you know, we've been through? How did you find peace? I haven't. I haven't really. Ooh, <laughs> good, because that's my answer, buddy. You stole my answer. What the heck? Um, so what's the journey been like? It, it's rough. It's something my whole identity was working, was army, was policing. Now it's, I'm just a dude. And uh, yeah, but to find peace, uh, it's definitely good where I'm at. Um, you know, being, I'm on the island. It's amazing. Um one piece that I did was uh, learn to sail and sailing is incredible. That is very peaceful. Um, mm-hmm. And then I had the skydiving, kayaking. I'm with my family. We bought a house together with my son. I'm with my, my wife, my granddaughter, my son, his wife. I'm like it doesn't get any better than that. However, you're still fighting that inner, inner thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a work in progress at all times. And what about yourself, Sean? Yeah, so like I said, Tim stole my answer. It's it's ongoing, man. I mean, like I'm still, I'm not like, I'm not desperately seeking it because I've kind of found it, mm. but I've found some of it, yeah. not all of it. And so I think it's like anything in my life that um, I'm, I like to pursue better, more, higher levels just just a different level of peace, a different level of performance, a different level of thinking, a different level of making coffee. I just I'm a relentless relentless pursuer of doing better. And one of the central tenets of my life since I left the military has been trying to find peace. And um and through all my careers I've been trying to find peace. And you know, Tim gave an interesting answer because it's not that I'm not going to say this is how I used to think because I still think it as well. So I'm, I'm not throwing Tim under the bus when he said, you know, he's he's out on the island, he's sailing, he's skydiving, he's doing this. Those are all external actions mm-hmm. and they're all external pursuits. And I think like Tim continues to face and like I continue to face, if you have a hard charging, high performance a career that has a certain amount of uh, je ne sais quoi, a certain amount of uh, uh, you get head nods because of it, mm-hmm. because it's it's an accomplished career. You know, when you leave that career, like Tim said, you're, now you're just a dude and, and no one knows you and you don't even know yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. And so it's a long road to figure out who you are in the world that you don't understand. And it's a long road for the world to understand you in order for them to start seeing you. And so it's this interesting 
journey of um, trying to be seen and then being seen, but you don't want to be seen and you don't care if anyone sees you. It's an, at least that's how it's been for me. And that's how it continues to be. I, 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 I don't want to be validated. I just want to be acknowledged. Yeah. I, I don't want to change the world. I just want to help. And so those are all external actions. I ride a bike. I do this. I've created identities. I've created personas. I've done things and I can hang my hat on all of those things and say, I was this, I was that, I did this, I did that. But at the end of the day, they're all external actions. Mm-hmm. Where, I've, where I've found a lot of, um, lot of peace, I suppose, is there's a way bigger world inside of us than there is outside of us. Like this external world that we're all looking at, it's big. I've seen a lot of it. Yeah. I've seen over 40 countries, I've done things, I've seen things. It's a big world. There's still more to explore. We're talking about camper vans. That's a, that's a means to explore the external world. Yeah. But inside of me, inside my head, inside my body, inside my soul, inside my energy, whatever it is that's inside of me, that is inside of my brain, we'll call it, that world is infinitesimally larger or, or is so ex- exponentially larger than, um, than the external world. So in the morning, if I'm drinking my coffee or reading a book or whatever I'm doing, I can look in my look around my house as, as I sit in my normal reading spot. My house is peaceful, man. The kids are at school. Doreen's downstairs doing some work. I'll have some headphones on. I'm listening to some nice music, whatever I'm whatever I'm reading, and I'm I'm enjoying the sun off my left shoulder. It's peaceful in my house, but it's way more peaceful inside of me mm-hmm. if I can if I can not remove myself from the external world but putting myself into my internal world while I'm still in my external world and then start exploring deeper into my own internal space. And there's a lot of space to move around in there, man. I mean, it, you, I don't have to go back and think about what is should or could is. Yeah. I can just exist internally and I can feel how to feel better. I can, I can, I can start thinking more internally about how I can do internal better. I can learn more about internal Sean by studying internal Sean. You can call it contemplative. You can talk about, you know, words or whatever. But at the end of the day, just like all of the external actions around us that we have to go do, you want to go sail a boat, guess what? You jump in your Jeep, you drive down to the dock, you do that thing. You want to, you want to get internal peace. What do you do? You sit down or you walk down a sidewalk or you're in a plane. And while you're externally finding peace, you can simultaneously work on your internal peace. Yeah. Yep. That's my opening thoughts. That's a, it's a great thought. We, uh, it was one of the questions I was going to ask was the fact that you know, <clears throat> phys- physical peace can be found in relatively easy in North America. Right. The, the physical essence of peace where, you know, things are quiet, nothing's going on, everything's peaceful. But internal peace is a whole nother ball of wax. And I, I it, as you were talking, it reminded me of the story. Uh, <clears throat> right before I retired, we, we were in Meaford and the CEO decided that we were going to all participate in uh, the Ironman, which... For those that don't know, it is a within on the East Coast. Well, it's called Mountain Man here in the West, but out out East, they call it Iron Man. So it's like a Tim, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, all of this was designed and started and became famous because of the Canadian Airborne Regiment. So we're very familiar with it. Yeah. Okay. good. Um, So the uh, they said we're going to do the Iron Man, but. The CEO then told us he's not actually allowed to tell us that we're all going to do the Ironman. So he said, we're all going to do some uh, extra PT, you know, unit PT together. And it was going to be a half Ironman. And uh, I had about, I'd say a month and a half maybe left in my contract. Like I was, I was getting out in my head. I was getting out and I was told that we had to do this. And I was like, 
okay, cool. And then he said we could do it at our own pace. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he said, hey, you can uh, you can wear headphones while you do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good to me. And uh, we started on this journey. Now, in Mefer, I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but uh, yeah. yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Um, when you're taking the the Range Road out alongside uh, yeah, Big Hill, Georgia Bay. Well, there, there's the hill, yeah. But like once you get down the hill and you get all the way down to the training area, um, the road just rolls right past uh, along the edge of Georgia Bay. And uh, I found this one spot as we were going, and I had to, I just stopped, and I was looking out and watching the waves, and I had my yeah. headphones in, I had some amazing music, and uh, everyone thought I was crazy. <laughs> But you I are just, like, I was just taking the moment, man. It was, uh, you know, sometimes you got to find that physical piece when it's there and just soak it in. Am I wrong? Yes. No, that's perfect. And, you know, that's what I, I do find that all the time. And mm -hmm. I noticed uh, even in my airborne days as a young trooper, you know, you'd stop and take, kneel down. And I just check. The, I'm like, man, it's beautiful here. Mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, not zero, 300 and you're looking at the stars, you know, and you're taking that break off the MBGs and Afghanistan, yeah. same thing. It's, yep. you're just like, holy shit, this is beautiful out here. And, um, and I get that all the time out here. It is just amazing. Just climbing up to altitude. I, I just can't believe I'm looking at the ocean. I'm looking at the mountains and, um, it, it, uh, when I'm kayaking, same thing, you know, after a bunch of good strokes and you're just letting her cruise and I'm just checking things out. I, I always get to that place um, mm -hmm. after the fact, <laughs> you know, your, your mind goes other places. So how do I, how do you harness continuing that feeling? That is, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, framed it as such, Tim. Um, so I think one of the concerns whenever this topic comes up is someone going out to find peace, but really all they're going out to find is distraction. Because they they don't want to work on getting peaceful with themselves. They don't want to get, they don't, they they believe that they want peace, but they don't want to do a deep enough work to find peace. So what they do is they look for a distraction to not have to face themselves internally in order to find peace. And so we'll use what you just said as the example, you know, uh, kayaking. So someone will say to themselves, I, I, I just got to find some internal peace. Because they're not looking for external peace, now, though they may think that's what they're looking for. There, it's all about who you are and how to be, be more comfortable with yourself. So internal peace, they'll they'll think to themselves, well, you know what? I'll buy myself a kayak and I'll go do some things and I'll get out on some calm water and I'll look at some calm mountains and I'll look at some calm birds flying through the air. It's going to be very calming. It's going to be very peaceful, but it's a distraction. They turn it into their latest hobby that then becomes a thing. Now they're in the club. Now they're now they're portaging in northern Ontario all of a sudden. And mm -hmm. so distraction after distraction after distraction, because they never take the time in their distraction to make room to create some peace for themselves. And so you framed it perfectly, Tim. You know, you take several strokes, you're on the cruise. You're in the moment. And if you can truly get with the moment, you only need a split second mm -hmm. to get internal and get peaceful. And that split second is an eternity if you can understand it for what it is. The problem is not enough people on that stroke and cruise realize that's what they should be seeking. Engage yeah. with that for a split second. Be aware that you found peace. And if you have to punch out of the peaceful moment to take another few strokes or to, to check your phone or whatever, okay, good. Uh, you, you got your eternity of peace in a split second because you, you were aware of it. Mm -hmm. And then you can build off that day after day, but you can't build off anything if whatever you're using as your vehicle to get peaceful with yourself is really just a distraction so you don't have to do the work. Yeah, and it's funny, um, on the other side of it, that's like a day kayak, but if we go out for a five or a seven day or and live out of our kayaks and pump our own water, I that's a lot of work, but I find my inner peace doing that because I'm in my happy, I almost feels like you're back in recce battalion. Yeah, it's right? natural, yeah. right? It's natural. You're just like, this is awesome, and you're fully in, and at the end of the day, you get to whatever 
cove you can find and beach and set up your camp and your mountain stove and have that nice hot tea or coffee and just look out the ocean and you're bagged from the day and it just feels so good. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting uh, point that you raised because I thought about this a fair bit. And it's the idea that a lot of military guys, when they get out, they're looking. So we'll, call, we'll say it's veterans are looking to find peace. And in order to find peace, what they'll, what they'll, it so that they're not maximum uncomfortable, they'll look to engage in something that they're reasonably comfortable with. And that is usually ties back to, I know how to camp. Mm-hmm. I know how to do this. I know how to, I know how to sleep in the wilderness. I know how to. And so, you know, exactly as you just described, Tim, guys, veterans will do, will engage in that sort of activity because it, it puts them more at ease with the activities that they're more familiar with. So, so all of the chaos and all of the new things that they would have to learn in a really foreign sport, a really unusual sport, activity, hobby, whatever, distraction, all of that is so distracting that they can't chill out in it. They can't, they can't be comfortable enough to find the peace in the minor moments of their comfort. comfort. But the downside to that, because there's always a flip side, if you're comfortable camping and you're comfortable doing the things that are tied to your past and now it's giving you peace because it's a rhythm that you're familiar with, are, you know, is it challenging enough that you're aware of coming out of the challenging times to the peaceful times to the challenging times to the peaceful times? Because if it's a flatline mediocrity for you where this this is just my second job. Now I'm in a second job that I just left my first job. My second job's the same as my first job. And now I'm just doing things that I'm super used to. And I'm not having any sort of disparity between peace and challenge mm-hmm. within a minute. It's, it's, just a, it's just a thought. But for me, it's uh, challenge is part of that peace. Um, because it gets you tired and you're feeling good. And mm-hmm. even during the challenge, you're still feeling good for me i can't just sit here and just stare out i need to oh yeah you can i need to work for that (laughs) oh yeah you can and and that is one of the points of my conversation but but for me i know i need to work it okay no 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 you don't i'm saying that you can it's just that you you aren't yet yeah that's all Mm. yeah but you can we all can yeah, it's it's really easy to quiet the mind when you have something to quiet the mind with, right? If there's a tool that you have, when I'm, you know, doing renos on the house, my mind is not 70 miles a minute. Oh, I got to get that done, that done, that done, that done, that done, that done, that done. It's like, I got to take the screw out. Okay, now the screw's out. Now I need to take this wall down. Now I need to get this. And now and so you can fill the mind with with the work, but that's not actual peace that's just work <laughs> if you know what i mean and uh i find exactly what sean's saying is that once you can absolutely find that peace in that moment to and like you said you do when you're uh kayaking when you're sailing when i go hunting same thing there's moments where i could slog up a hill that took me 40 50 minutes of you know 30 degree slope and you're just bleh, working your way up there and you finally get to the top and you could go <sighs> <sighs> okay, now where else? And just keep the mind empty with the work. Or you can get to the top and you can stop and you can turn around and you can look over the, the landscape that you just climbed and take in that moment and be there and be absolutely present there and feel the uh, the air, feel the the burn in your lungs, feel the burn in your legs and be peaceful in that moment. That's That's one of the reasons I go hunting. And I actually... I do enjoy that uh, there's the slog, right? Where you got you to gotta work to get through it. But then I always look for those points where I stop and go. Uh, where you can watch the clouds roll across the, you know, southern Alberta skies, which are unbelievable. Yeah. To take those moments, but to actively take that moment, like Sean is saying, because you could bypass it. You could just stare at the sky. You could stare at the ground. You could stare at the things especially when there's work to be done and this happened to me in uh, 
when I was in the Algonquin on the Warrior Adventure Canada trip, I was canoeing. In the first two days, I was driving the body. It wasn't even about the trip. I was just like, I need, we're, we're rowing, we're rowing, we're rowing, we're rowing. And then finally, after two days, I looked up and I was just like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I doing? And I stopped and I had to physically take those moments. I had to like actively, no, stop rowing, sit up, look around, breathe it in and let it happen. Cause then you can call on those moments, which is what I find you need for the next portion of this, which is finding the peace in chaos. When things are going wrong, when things are going bad, when all of the, the tools you have aren't working and then being able to find peace. That's where I find I, I can call upon those moments and go, Oh yeah. 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 So I, I I'd, I'd like to propose something radically okay. different. Okay. <clears throat> because, because that's how we're all programmed is how you just described it. And we're all we're all excited to talk about how peaceful we're going to be in chaos. <laughs> yeah, look at us go. No, that wasn't what I was going to say. But okay, so no, I, I, this is a radical. I think a different approach to perhaps how this might have gone. So look at we we all were programmed. We we were programmed to hunt. We were programmed to do things. And so when you when you were hunting, chance. You were out there, and that and perhaps you didn't. I don't know how much. I don't know how much patrolling you did. I think I do, but you know, in the sense Six of hours. three three days, I believe it was three reckies, three, three reckies. That's right. So, <laughs> but t- I know that Tim and I were programmed to hunt, and so, um, but so were you, Chance, at a different level. But you were still programmed to hunt in basic training. Mm-hmm. You, we were all programmed in the in the military to hunt. And so while you're out there hunting, chance, you you're you're in your program. You're in the program that has been programmed into you a long time. And so you can slog, you can look, you can smell, you can hear, you can do all of those things. And that's kind of what you were. Tra- that's what you were programmed to do. Mm-hmm. What you weren't programmed to do is stop and enter into a state of no mind. Because I know when I stop in a patrol, I get down on one knee, I get down on my belly, or I just stop. Do you know what I do? I freaking start thinking about a million things because I've got a million things to think about as the patrol commander. There's never a second that you're not running the math, the variables, all of the stuff that you have to think about as a patrol commander, as a navigator, as a signaler, as a whatever. It's a lot to think about on the constant. And that's what I was programmed to do. That's what we were all programmed to do. We were never programmed to stop, get down on one knee and enter into a state of no mind and hold no thoughts at all, a complete void of thought for a solid five minutes. So if you've never entered into a state of no mind, because you've never been programmed to enter into a state of no mind, you aren't entering into a state of no mind, plain and simple. If you've never been taught it, if you've never practiced it, then you aren't doing it. It's just, a, it's just a slogan on a t-shirt. Yep. It's just another Zen proverb. It's just another consideration that doesn't get any action. And so I'll say this, I've been doing this for quite some time. I won't talk about how long, cause it'll be embarrassing. It's a lot of years. I've been pursuing a state of no mind and it's hard, man, mm-hmm. because by that, it means that you just literally stop thinking. You don't even, it's not a state of existence where I even try to smell the smells around me. I, if I'm in the forest and I try to enter into a state of no mind, I don't want to smell the person who's walking down the trail. I don't want to hear the person that's walking down the trail. I can if I want to, but I try to exclude all of it in order to be in me, in order to have the silence to see what shows up in the silence. And I don't pursue it. I just let it. 
And some, like when I started, I could only do it for three, four seconds. Mm. And then it was a minute. And now I can do it for longer than that. But here's, here's why it is counter-programming to what we were programmed to do. You have to sit or stand or lie down or whatever it is, whatever, however you're doing it. You have to be in a place where you can not think. And not thinking is way harder than you think it is. It's impossible. <laughs> it, it isn't impossible. It's just really difficult. Challenging, and yeah. and and it's it's difficult because usually when you start, it you last about three seconds. Because yeah. the first thought that comes into your no state of no mind mind is, oh man, I, that's three seconds. I can't believe I only lasted three seconds without thinking. Now you're thinking to yourself about your thinking in three seconds. And yeah. so <laughs> anyone who's gone to sleep at night, well, I don't want to say as a veteran, it's literally the entire planet, mm -hmm. who goes to sleep at night and lays down, closes their eyes and thinks, okay, it's bedtime. It's time to go to sleep. What time did I have to get up? Oh, was my alarm set? Jeez, what is that noise? Wow, it feels a bit warm in here. And now the monkey brain is chattering. And to, to shut down the monkey brain, to even just to try to sleep. And I mean, you're, you're not even actively in nature. You're not even actively in a challenging situation. You're literally in a perfect setup to enter into a state of no mind. And it, as Tim says, it's impossible if you consider it to be impossible. And I used to think it was impossible yeah. until I shook my head and thought, what am I even talking about inside my own little peanut? Yeah. What, what am I even thinking that that's impossible? I'm freaking running this program, baby. The external world that's all around me, that's of my own choice. My internal world that's inside of me, that's my own choice. There's no, there's no dude. There's, there's not a ninja assassin inside of me that I don't know about who's running my program. It's freaking me. It's Sean running Sean's program externally and internally. So if, I'm, if Sean is saying to Sean, that's impossible. That's not, that's not how I think. Sean knows that Sean runs this game internally and externally, and Sean should be able to set the rules accordingly. And Sean states that it is not impossible. And so then it just requires work. And it's not hard work. It's just work. And over time, that three seconds turns into five seconds, turns into a minute, turns into five minutes. And you don't have to then enter into a state of no mind your entire life because I believe it's, it's just a tool. But it's a tool that doesn't exist until you shape it in the heat of being actively pursuing the silence of your own existence. That's a very interesting thought. The silence of my existence is very hard to quantify. And it is because I, I've never done it, but this is, I must, I believe is the idea behind the uh, meditative state in the same way, correct? To some degree, but I think that uh, just to, uh, uh, not just to reframe your words a little bit, um, and you're, you're right how, how you believe, you believe what you said was right, and I believe how you said it was right, but the reality is that it was wrong. So you have found the moment throughout your entire life you just haven't framed it as such. You haven't been aware of it as such. Because, you know, in, in, the, in the tiny, tiny split seconds between words, in the moments that you're looking to frame your next sentence, that tiny little pause, that there's a tiny little blank space that you're not aware of, it exists all the time. Your, your state of no mind is constantly flowing with you like a river it's just whether you cho choose to acknowledge it or not whether you choose to see it or not if our life is a river then your your state of no mind right now your zen state is like a leaf on top of the river floating past you and you just didn't see it but there's constant leaves in the river that you could see if you looked for the leaves in the river but mm -hmm. but you're but you're not looking and that's not that's and I'm not saying like, oh, you're not looking. That's so I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're not looking. Yeah. And if you start looking, 
in a split second, you'll start seeing the split seconds of state of no mind. Mm -hmm. but, but you have to be aware that you can see them. You have to be aware that you're already doing them. And then you have to start forming them into mm -hmm. your life. Yeah, that's a great point. We, uh, we, got another, uh, we got a comment here from Winterstorm427. Touching base on Sean's point on tools. Is peace more so a tool we can use throughout our day rather than a constant state of being? Or is it I, I think it's a great question. And, and you know, I would say this, that before you have to choose one or the other, you have to pursue some peace <clears throat> in order to then be yeah. able to choose. And That's so I also want to state that mm, I, I think, uh, you know, I said you can use it like a tool, but I don't want to frame peace as a tool because peace is who we're supposed to be. Mm. And so, you know, let me just throw a thought experiment at, at both of you, and I'd be interested in your answer. If you could reach out and push a big red button called peace, and that's how you got to live the rest of your life and not think of it as a tool, just be like the like Dalai Lama level of peace, would you hit it? I know I would. Mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay. I think you need both. You need chaos and you need peace. They, it's like everything. You need the opposites. Because um, once you find peace, what is there? There's nothing. Uh, I, but you don't know that yet. <laughs> mm. That's Listen, a it's grasshopper. A, yeah, it's, you a, need you need that you need both. You need that yin yang is a true thing. I, now I agree with that, buddy. I do agree with that. Yeah. I I think that we've got a lot of one. And not enough of the other. Agreed. We need and that. So, you need to balance that. We but do. Think, we do. But being full chaos or being full peace, that's not good. You need, you need so, to find the balance between them. Okay, so cool. And, and I just refined this a little bit more, and then I'm curious as to your thoughts, Chan. So if you could live your life, the rest of your life, in full peace, but, but knowing that you have a very full uh, gas tank of non-peace you know like we, we were programmed to be not peaceful if we want to be and so i don't have any i don't have any doubt about my abilities or any concerns about my ability to not be peaceful i can be very not peaceful if i want to be and so i'm already good at that i need to get better at being peaceful and if i can become really good at peaceful and be comfortable with the idea of, I can also be non-peaceful, I already know that, then I just need to learn how to get the two to play well together in a yin and yang sort of position where they interoperate in a peaceful manner so that I can exist in peace, knowing that if I need to flip that script, I can do it in a split second. Mm. Yeah, that's very... I think that's exactly what I was, uh, what I was thinking was the, my first thought was that that's what a warrior monk aims for is that's what I'm aiming for peace in all things. So that yeah. even in violence or in chaos, there is peace. <clears throat> and I believe that, yeah, if there was a way in which I could actually like maintain a peaceful, uh, state through all things, yeah. Why wouldn't you want that? I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Knowing knowing full well that you can stand peacefully in front of someone who's unsheathing their sword and think, that ain't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to go all freaking Arnold Schwarzenegger on the moment. Mm -hmm. I, I, I can just consider the moment and think, negative, that ain't going to happen, pal. And so, I mean, of course you get elevated in those moments. And of course you get, you know, you get, you, 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 you blade up and you get ready to do that thing. But I'm still trying to figure out how to blade up while still being a that warrior monk, man. And, and I mean, I, I really feel that there's a path forward to be peaceful while being a warrior. I think that they can coexist and it, my default existence would rather be more on the peace side than on the violence side and so I, I just i'd like to exist you framed it correctly chance for me 
I'd rather be a warrior monk than just a warrior or just a monk. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, <clears throat> we also got to, I look at it this way. I'm not thinking chaos as in violence. I'm thinking chaos is in the way you operate. So mm. for instance, um, you know, if we go out and I'm doing a, you know, 60 pound ruck and I'm just giving her and my wife has got no rucksack on, but she's way far behind me. She's like, slow the fuck down. I, hey, yeah, what? that's, that's for me. Slow chaos. the what down? Yes. That's, that's <laughs> swearing. Oh dear. See, got to find that yeah. piece. Yeah. Trying to find peace. But that, find that's, that piece. that's chaos, right? That's, yeah. that's her chaos. And it's like, Hey, slow down. Let's take our time. Um, that, that's where I'm going, um, or paddling in rough conditions. Um, you know, do you have to go out? No, you don't. So let's wait till it gets calm. Mm. Right. Mm. I think that most of us have been in chaos most of our lives. And, and I think that our, our examples of chaos, the three of us here right now are examples of chaos. They don't have to be bullets and bombs. We've seen enough chaos, even just in basic training, that we mm. understand chaos. Um, and so I think most people do, but the levels of chaos or the, the definitions of chaos to each person are, are different to each person. And so chaos is chaos and yeah. peace is peace. And I think a lot of people enjoy existing in chaos. Not enough people have experienced peace to know that that's where they'd like to exist. So uh, I know that a lot of my life has had a lot of chaos, either of my own making or, or the world around me, what have you. Uh, but not, not even nine times out of 10. 10 times out of 10, I'm gonna choose peace. Yeah. But chaos always shows up, regardless of that 10 out of 10 choice. So, you know, I think that we're all programmed to manage chaos. We're not programmed to manage peace. It's uh, it can be disconcerting too when you first, especially when you first get out of the military and you're used to a high operational tempo, a lot of physicality, being around other people who are constantly like go 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 go, and then you actually enter into physical peace, where it's all of a sudden quiet and nothing's happening and that can be disconcerting physically on top of it um i got another question here from winter storm is a warrior monk on a journey for enlightenment to find peace which they will never truly find hmm. any thoughts on that for me for me know? i i i i know i'll never truly find it in fact i don't even want to truly find it because that's not how i'm wired i i i need something that i can never get I, I want to pursue the thing that is you can't pursue. I want the thing that is unattainable because that's what keeps me pursuing. That's what keeps me. That's what keeps me hunting for peace. If I knew that I could get it tomorrow, it would bore me. Yeah, I think your defin the definition. Everybody's definition of peace is going to be different. And depending on where you are, your age, uh, what's happening, your peace might be different than what was before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're always going to be chasing it. Chasing towards enlightenment. I kind of missed I, I missed out on highlighting that word because enlightenment to me is is a sum of many things. Peace being one of them. Mm -hmm. And I. I I should have said I'm pursuing enlightenment, not just pursuing peace. Yeah. Peace is an aspect of enlightenment. Yeah. And there's many parts to enlightenment. Holy moly, that could be an entire podcast. But um, I don't think I'll ever find enlightenment. I mean, I, I feel like I'm all about 1% there. Uh, there's just so much to learn and understand and, and, and consider and, and be silent and see what shows up. I, I would need 10 lifetimes to achieve the enlightenment of sitting in silence and understanding or being all knowing or being universally connected with the universe, whatever that means. Enlightenment, I, I would need a few more lives to achieve it, but I do appreciate hunting for it. That's, that's how I'm wired. That's what I do. That's what I enjoy. 
And so I, I, I don't think I'll ever truly find it, but I will continue to seek it. This is the, uh, the concept of the hunt, right? That's the whole reason. Mm. Uh, that's what, that's why we, we hunt. It's not so much that, um, I mean, physically hunting, it's not so much, yeah, I, I would love to harvest an animal. I'd love to be able to fill my freezer with meat. But if I go out and I have a, like a five, six day trip planned and I walk out there and within 30 minutes of me starting my, my trip, there's an animal, bang, now my hunt's over. But I had like five, I was looking forward to the five I days. I was supposed to hunt. learn for five days. Exactly. Versus <laughs> it all of a sudden just bang. Okay, it's done. And there's, uh, I was talking to my. So, so the idea being, let's not bypass that because it, it's. Oh, I wasn't. I was gonna, yeah, it, carry on. Peace is now. Peace was yesterday. Peace mm -hmm. was as soon as we stop recording and you take that microsecond that you're not aware of yet that you can do and hunt peace mm -hmm. in a microsecond. So you don't need to hunt. You just need to understand that it exists and then start yeah. hunting within yourself. Well, this is, uh, this is why people chase anything, right? Mm -hmm. If you, if you want to be, if you find something that you really enjoy and you like, oh, I really enjoy doing this, you're going to want to get better at it consistently over time. That that's, you know, it's why I love jujitsu. That's why I love hunting. That's why I love doing things that are, uh, I get to develop, um, competence. And then which I isn't develop. which isn't peace. No, it's not. But what I'm saying is, is that the uh, it the the hunt for that competence, I find, is what we're seeking. And when I think about but a that, word isn't peace. No, That's the skills. I understand. I'm I'm getting to my point. It's just a bit of a roundabout. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the journey for enlightenment, the the hunt for enlightenment, the hunt for peace, because. As you said, if you all of a sudden had it, and now everything works, that, that's a that's a hard. I don't know. I like you said, it would be boring afterwards. Now, okay, now it's done. But there's it, no. But if you're if you're hunting BJJ as an example, which I do myself, that ain't hunting peace. That's just hunting a distraction. No, but I'm talking about the actual hunt, not the it's not the skill that I that I want. It's the the. Oh, so you weren't talking skills. about peace. You were talking about BJJ and no. skills. No, I was talking about the hunt, just the, okay. the concept of the hunt, not the okay. not the skill set or the confidence. I mean the the so seeking of it. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to make your connection to peace. Sorry, buddy, I missed it. Okay, my connection to peace was the fact that the um, in the question is a warrior monk on a journey for uh, for enlightenment to find peace, which they they will never truly find. the The point that you had made was the fact that there's. Uh, that that hunt for it is is what keeps you going. The hunt for peace, the hunt for enlightenment. Otherwise, if you were just to all of a sudden get it, it would be boring. And so I'm just postulating that it could be the hunt is what creates peace in and of itself. Hmm. Only only no. if you're hunting for peace. I mean, you can't <laughs> whether you're whether you're hunting. Whether you're doing BJJ, whether you're on a podcast, whether you're washing dishes. Those are four things that are all skills that you can do and you can hunt your entire life and will never produce peace. Ever. Mm. Ever, ever, ever. Ever. Okay. Until okay. you start hunting peace. Peace. Julie says peace is a mindset, not an activity. Hundred percent, yeah, Jules. Yeah. I think Julie and I have talked about that in the past. Anyway. Yeah. So the, the idea is you can do all the BJJ in the world. You can have quadruple black belts. You will never find peace until you start considering peace. But what is peace? That could be my mind. That's what gets me to my mindset. You know, I mean, Chance is saying doing that BJJ gets them to that peace. No, it doesn't. So action can lead to it. But no, not at not at my all. My definition of peace is different than your definition of peace. My peace, my peace is. It's only different, pal, if you've considered what your peace is. Mm -hmm. It's only it's only a thing if you start thinking about the thing. 
Until then, you're just on a river called life, not seeing the leaves that are floating along next to you. You're only seeing the water, you're not seeing the leaves. But the moment that you see your first leaf and think, oh, is that what peace looks like? I've been looking for peace. Mm. Now you've got to look for peace. Peace doesn't that, just show up at your front doorstep as you're doing an arm bar. No, Ever. Peace, when I'm climbing to altitude, peace is me looking at the mountains and looking at the ocean. Only if you now, frame it as you are now peaceful in the moment. I am. Well, so, <laughs> so that then you moment's only going to be a, a slight second, isn't it? Because then afterwards, if, I'm getting prepared to to jump. If if now you my think peace that, is gone. if you think that you're peaceful in the moment, yeah. if you've considered what peace, peace means to you in the or moment, I think, Roger. I think I, but if if peace was looking at say at the ocean, and that was my peaceful place, then that means I'm I have to look at the ocean forever. No. No, that's an action. I can look at it for two seconds. The action is looking at the ocean for the rest of your life Uh, and never find. Hang on. The ocean, staring at the ocean for the rest of your life is just you staring at the ocean for the rest of your life, hoping that you find peace. But you never will until you seek peace in the moment. Mm. It doesn't... It's not like a it 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 doesn't fall out of the sky and land at our feet with a package that says peace on it. Open up and it will explain all. You, we all think that we've got peace figured out. I'll guarantee you this: money on the table. Twenty years from now, if we're all still alive, that our ideas of peace then will be different than our ideas of peace now, because we will have thought about what peace means to us more just in this conversation you know what well, uh this this is a uh this is huge. like i said this is why i wanted to talk about this because it's such a um you can go all kinds of places with this but yeah as you were saying uh sean winterstorm i think said it as well uh the things that surprised me is that my idea of peace was not static but it changed each day it does it yeah. absolutely does um, and, and- yeah, and, and listen, you don't even know how much it changes until you sit down and empty your mind. Mm. Enter into a state of no mind. If anyone who's listening to this can, can do better than a solid minute of zero thought today, freaking round of applause to you. Because I, I know these two guys can't, and I know I can't <laughs> most times. And so if you can't do a minute, a minute's like a lifetime. If all you just started thinking about was, oh, you mean there's split seconds that can occur of peace? Now that I know it's called peace, and now that I can focus on peace, now I can give it a name, and I can start building off that. A minute will feel like an eternity if you can accomplish a minute. And by the way, so can a split second if you can really tune into, oh, I had peace all wrong. I thought peace was when there wasn't noise around me. <laughs> that ain't peace. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that part of the journey, though? Isn't that? Yeah, it part is, of, of the, course. The development? Yeah. yeah, but 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 the journey has to start by standing on the start line and defining what the start line looks like. Because mm-hmm. because standing on an ocean where it's quiet or the lapping waves or the seagulls chirping or whatever where that feels like a peaceful moment isn't peace. It's just the moment. It's just the action. It's just the, it's just the feeling. It's just, the, it's just a bunch of things that are external to us. And it will give us a feeling that we assign as peace. But peace is deeper than that, I feel. Peace is work. And so I've had lots of peaceful moments in my life but there are feelings that are based on the external, the externality of my world that help me feel peaceful in the moment. But that isn't peace. That's a fleeting feeling that I could yeah. try to hang on to, but it's, a, it's, it's not tangible as peace because I haven't learned how to define it, craft it, create it, exist in it in my internal world 
regardless of the chaos all around me. When we were talking about being able to operate peacefully in chaos, I know the three of us can, but we're not, we're not truly peaceful. We're at ease with it, perhaps. We're good at it, perhaps. We're comfortable in it, perhaps, but we're not truly like peaceful. Peace, the real definition of peace. We're just yeah. at ease in the chaos. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, you know, we've been rolling for a little bit over an hour talking about peace. So let's give uh, give the people some peace. <laughs> Let them work <laughs> on the rest of their morning. Good segue. <laughs> As we, uh, you know, we got uh, we got another question here, but uh, I think I might leave that for tomorrow because that is actually a really good one. Um, I do appreciate Tim jumping on here first thing in the morning. I appreciate Sean you being here, even though you're traveling. This has been enlightening, perhaps even semi-peaceful <laughs> not quite it, it, it uh, was chaotic as it was, we talked now, about now my mind hurts <laughs> it's good though we've opened up our eyes i think we've uh we've definitely we've learned i think we've uh we've built some relationships again and uh we're growing as a as a collective and uh we'll talk to y'all tomorrow airborne chimo